with Grace and Julie. Welcome to Competitive Literature, everybody. Uh, I'm Grace Thomas. I'm Julie Greiner. Uh, and Competitive Literature is the podcast where our guests decide which of us have the better opinions about books. There's right ways to think about books, yes. wrong ways to think about books, There's disgusting ways to think about books. There's good thoughts to have and bad thoughts to have objectively. <laughs> yes, and that's what we're determining through through these podcasts. And uh, today we're talking about a very cool book, Bottom Feeders, uh, with our guest Steens. Hello, Steens. Hello. hello, 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 hello. I'm here. This is our first graphic novel. Yes. And funnily enough, you're our first guest who knows how to draw. Oh, I so... guess. <laughs> well, but Wait, I, that's I not true. That's actually not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, Julie, you're not a guest. Yeah. You're not a guest. <laughs> that's a good point. That's but, a good point. But second of all, Jamie Loftus has already We've already done an episode right. with her, and she's also an artist, so that was wrong. I should have, I wanted to say it in like a clever little pithy way, but Steens is a graphic novelist and cartoonist, yep. and that's what I was getting at. Um, so. Gosh. The, 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 you went for the compliment and just created controversy. I really, I really messed up. Oh, it's I really okay. messed I mean, up. Everyone mm -hmm. has their own style, so you're the it's first true. guest yeah. on this pod to draw in your style. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that everyone has their own style in regards to my podcast hosting. <laughs> and so I thought you, you were just yeah, suggesting, well, your style is abrasive yeah. and harmful. Your style is, but, you know, like everyone style is does generally their own negative um, and yeah, yeah. poorly received. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Insult no, everyone you have on as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of a roast technique yeah I, we're just developing our personas you know julie is already a, established as like kind of like the good student who always does all the reading and i've i'm pretty firmly established as um someone who read the last book by buying it on audible and listening to it at three times speed on the same day that we were doing the podcast so that's kind of where we're at but i'm very excited yes, to I'm talk about excited. about this fix Steens to start off with, can you tell us a little bit about the background of this graphic novel and like your connection to it? Yeah. Like maybe when you first read it? Yeah, for sure. So it's by Ezra Clayton Daniels and Ben Passmore. And I read it when I bought it. Uh... <laughs> I mean, that is an accomplishment when you think about it. Sometimes you don't yeah, read it. Yeah. <laughs> I have dozens it. of books in, in my office. <laughs> That I have not read yet, but I certainly have bought them. I've paid the money uh, for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, I did read this book when it when it came out. Um, I know Ben and Ezra from uh, working with them as an editor and a marketing person in comics. So, I was really excited to, to read this book. It's kind of like when two of your friends get together and you're just kind of like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's a really cool book, but it's about um, – do you want me to tell you what's, what it's about? We will be summarizing it. We will be Great. summarizing it, but you my, can certainly touch summary, on it. Touch on whatever you want. Is um, it's a, a book about you know a a girl who goes to live in uh, the projects of sorts and uh, 
she has a bad time. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a pretty she good has a pretty bad time. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was excited to to read this book for many reasons, but one of which was my fiance bought it for me for Christmas last year. Oh my god! And I hadn't read it. Approaching quite yet. the one year anniversary. Yes, approaching <laughs> the one year anniversary. Congratulations! Um, oh my god! I, yeah, pretty pretty big stuff. Um, I had read it um, like I don't know, like tw- like twenty or thirty pages of it, and I really liked it. Um, and then you know, life. Life got in the way, you know, just life happens, you know. Yeah, life happens, Um, you don't always read the book when you buy it, it's just... Yeah, (laughs) sometimes the pandemic hits, and you know, before the pandemic hit, I always read books when I bought them, (laughs) you know, like every single time, (laughs) but then the pandemic hit, and things just changed, Yeah, I'm curious, like, where the articles we're going to see in a few years about how the pandemic affected, like, lead time, reading books, (laughs) we'll see the... The discourse mm-hmm. on that probably in a little bit once people have had time to reflect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah. I was also super excited to read this book just because I've always been uh, an art person. I thought I was going to be an animator for my career. Um, and I haven't read a graphic novel or in a while. And just p- looking through this book, even just when I bought it, like the colors are so great um, and unexpected for like a horror story. And just already yeah. was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is going to be good. <laughs> Yeah, and we're, you know, Steens is an award-winning graphic novelist, so mm-hmm. of all the people we were going to talk about this right. with, we're very lucky to talk about You're it. You're in good hands. Steens. It's true. I have won um, an award or two, so. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we will, a, oh we will promo we will promo that award-winning book um, <laughs> at the end of this we promise uh but yeah i mean i was i was telling my fiance um about uh how we were having you on the podcast and i think i had to spend 15 minutes just being like and steens has done this and steens has done that <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. this is a cool thing and this is a thing steens helped me with once <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I really do try and like be the person that's like done a little bit of everything. So yeah. like Steens, you know how to like put together a, a deck? I'd be like, Yeah. I mean I don't. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I feel well, like speak- people would believe me if I said I did. <laughs> Speaking of pitch decks, um, the writer of this book, I believe, um, Ezra Clayton Daniels made uh the 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 pitch deck template. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this like I'm I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I owe I own it. I owe a deep debt to Ezra Clayton. Yeah. Daniels. Oh my gosh. I would not have an agent without Ezra Clayton Daniels. Yeah. I would yeah. not be talking to editors right now without Ezra Clayton Daniels. Dude, I owe you know, a deep debt like, to him. Also, he he takes so long to think about things. His first book, Upgrade Soul, it took him fifteen years. Which, like, is incredible considering, you know, it's great and it's won a ton of awards. So, you know, Mm -hmm. 15 years. I guess it worked out. (laughs) Yeah. I got it for a minute too long or too little. (laughs) I I really admire that, too, because I think a lot of times people take that long on a project and it just languishes. Yeah. You know, like they, it, if someone takes that long <laughs> on a project, oftentimes it's just, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 James Cameron has gone through a lot this year 
and we <laughs> we should just be James Cameron. Okay. He had to figure out so many different things. Him specifically, he had to figure out so many different things to to, to get Avatar two, three, four, and five back filming in New Zealand. You know that was like a hassle for him, and we should be respectful. Yeah. Props to James Cameron, I guess. Yeah, props to James Cameron, who, you know, <laughs> I would say, I, as for Clayton Daniels, is the James Cameron oh, of comics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. I would 100% agree with that. Ezra, I hope you take that as a compliment, because I hope you hold you in high, high esteem. Honestly, I'm um, like waiting for his next movie. Okay, Ezra's sorry, I yeah. just <laughs> lost connection for a second, so I couldn't oh, hear no. you for a sec. Um, but now I can oh. hear. I don't Do know how that affected. We were just continuing to talk about James Cameron. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so I missed nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just thought you, you were, your face was frozen in like kind of like a neutral face. And I was like, oh, Julie, Julie just doesn't think anything I'm saying is funny. That's okay. <laughs> like, that's fine. That's all right. That, that is Julie's no, right. I, what that's I was, not what I was, anything what I, I was say doing funny. is I, I was. The, lost in thought about entering the wonderful world of Pandora in the in the, uh, the world that they're building at like Epcot or whatever. Aren't they building yeah. a whole theme park? They have, they have it. Oh, it's a, they it's have it. It's already? there. Oh the world of Pandora exists, man. And it's <laughs> right here on Earth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> sometimes taking a really long time with projects is worth the wait. Yeah. I would also say there are actually some similarities to Sparks uh, yeah, in this book. Yeah. yeah, I would say <laughs> it's not the the most distant. Yeah, it's yeah. not the most distant thing possible. Yeah. There are, you know, there's goopy, goopy little, little, there's little hair things that you yeah. plug, into. plug into yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a lot that's of... True. People coming into a situation and then just fucking shit up. <laughs> I, I really hope the next time I see Ezra, I can ask him if he was inspired by James Cameron's Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like hey, Ezra, did you get to see the scripts? Like, just wondering. <laughs> like, did you? Um... You can tell me. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um... Okay, so I think that's the intro. I think we've done, <laughs> done a good intro. And they said almost uh, nothing about the book. Yes. Almost nothing is out. We, 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 our, so what we what we do next is Julie and I are going to go through the synopsis, um, and then you can interject at any time, Steens, and you right. can also use this 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 synopsis to determine. If we've actually read the book, mm-hmm. or if you think that we just read a Wikipedia page, Great. or like, or like, kind of get glean some of our opinions about it, right? Um, see who you think read it better. <laughs> see who you think read it better. Uh, that is like my judging contacts are in. <laughs> yeah, the that's good. <laughs> the point earning uh, part of this starts now. <laughs> um, I hope you're ready. All right, three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> Our game faces just went right on. Right on. 
Um, but anyway, okay, so Bottom Feeders, uh, we open with some people from the power company, some People workers. from the power company. Ostensibly <laughs> people from the power company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of poking around. Yeah. Um, you know how it is. Doing that, doing that thing they do. I, I clearly know a lot about buildings, so I know exactly what they're doing, making measurements. <laughs> but let's talk about where where these power company people are they, the power they're in they're in a neighborhood um called bottom yards which mm-hmm. i think is a reference to back of the yards in chicago yeah um which uh is there a separate neighborhood that's actually called bottom yards or is this no, like this i think this is, is fictional up. it's it's a yeah. mix between that neighborhood in chicago and there's another neighborhood in la that's like similar in name uh, I can't okay what it is, but yeah okay yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I spent a significant amount of time in back of the yards when I was in Chicago because one of our good friends worked at like a co-op of different businesses. Mm-hmm. One of those weird things where it was like a lot of the people who worked there and owned there like were from there, but some people weren't. And so it was like, <laughs> yeah. like, is this gentrification? Is this not? It's right. like a very interesting like little prism to look at into. And, but point being, okay, so yeah, so this is a, a, a neighborhood that's in Chicago, but I guess it, it's a conglomeration of, of different right. neighborhoods that are the kind of neighborhoods that like white people and rich people and people from more privileged backgrounds are moving back into. Mm-hmm to um to gentrify and this is the latest building that that this is happening to yes Um, that was just like an abandoned building and um this landlord kind of swooped in and took it as an investment property yes this weird man this weird man we'll get to i don't want to be controversial but i do not like the landlord character (laughs) yeah not not a very big fan of gene i'm willing to dip my toe into the landlord discourse (laughs) and say landlord bad landlord bad yeah Yeah, i think landlord pretty bad but anyway so we've got these uh people from the power company taking some sort of measurement and uh we've got one of them who's just uh really deep into Illuminati theory and really an equal opportunity racist. <laughs> just like yeah. in, in one fell swoop, just like offending so many different people. It's just a bummer when, so you're a kid and you probably have a, like an uncle or two that are like kind of into like Illuminati weird, like, yeah. like into like conspiracy theory stuff. And you're like, oh, you know, that's kind of weird and goofy. Right. And then you get older and it's like... It turns out it's oh, less it's just goofy. bigotry. <laughs> yeah. It's just bigotry. Yeah. It's just racism or anti-Semitism or homophobia or probably a combination of yeah, all of them. You know? just like, a, it's just bigotry. Beautiful like, melting pot of racism. The lizard people shit is just anti-Semitism. Yes. And it's like, yes. why can't the lizard people shit just be, be that? You yeah. Know? Like, oh, we think that some lizards yeah you know, I, not exactly. like, I want to meet a lizard person conspiracy theorist who's like oh no i think there's lizard people in all races yeah. and all backgrounds yeah, yeah. in all religions yeah. you know that would be great implying anyone yeah. can be a lizard person in this country yeah, okay anyone. <laughs> Yeah, it's more about finding the lizard person within you. (laughs) I think that's a process we all should go through. Um, And it'll humble us all and connect us all. But anyway, that's not really the tack that this particular maintenance worker takes. Um, And he is going off about his whole Illuminati beliefs as they're trying to 
take this measurement uh, and they see like this kind of gooey, the first of many gooey, oozy <laughs> situations gooey, coming yeah. out of the of the building. And he's like, I got to check this out. I got to see if this is part of the larger lizard people conspiracy. And his partner, who seems to be exhausted by this man, rightly so, is just like, I don't know, maybe don't. And this is just one of many times in which a person of privilege like the power the, the white power guy not the, the, white, <laughs> the, white, the, the white electric guy <laughs> wow. but that's interesting I, Ezra did you mean to like because he worked at a power company and he was white did you do you realize that you gave the first together? the first line of the novel to a white power man <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Making discoveries all the time. This is what this is all about. Yeah. So this this white power guy, he... <laughs> he investigates the little ooze that's coming out of this panel that they're, yes. they're investigating. And he takes the panel off. He sees something in there that he refers mm-hmm. to as half duck, half snake, mm-hmm. which is yes, half duck, half snake. a really visually stimulating thing to yeah. hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then his friend pulls him out because it seems like, you know, he's screaming. It's like attacking him or something. And then he's covered in this, like, uh, mud and grime and looks more scary than he even was before. And they're they're there in the first place because this building isn't taking any electricity in. And that is really weird. Even if (laughs) no one was turning on any lights, I guess, usually buildings. Yeah, red flag number one. (laughs) Red flag number one coming right at you. First page. Um, But so after he's gotten into this gunk and seen this monster and been pulled out, he runs up to Darla, the main character of our story, and is like, I need to get into your your house. (laughs) You live here. (laughs) And he's just mystified. Like, why is this woman scared of me? Why is this? This young black woman scared of my me ranting and just puffing and puffing. Yeah, and that happens a lot in this book of, yeah. of people from like privileged backgrounds being like, "Why are you scared? Yeah, what, what could why possibly... are you being so weird about this?" But yeah, so she freaks out, understandably so, runs into the building to avoid this man, uh, and she runs into the landlord. She's moving in right now. She. Uh, takes her stuff upstairs, goes into her space, which she's in the middle of moving into, and her friend Cynthia is in there, who sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gets close to, like, kind of redeeming herself in, at, like, one point where she, you think, like, maybe she gets that, that she sucks. Yeah. And then she's like, but also... I'm not a racist. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's clear that up right here. Yeah, she's... Yeah, I'm apologizing for all the things that you thought were rooted in racism. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm it's not one, a racist. It's one of those apologies where it's like, I'm sorry you perceived this that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so her defining uh, costume, like... Design that I noticed when she was introduced. She just has a hat that says "wrap wrap." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's a cool hat. I think if someone wasn't being so so entitled, no offense to the hat itself. (laughs) 
I feel like if anyone I knew who I liked wore that, like, even if they were, like, just, like, a little cis white girl, I would be like, oh, that's kind of just, like, it's kind of funny to just wear the name of a genre. But if you're going to also be, like, racist and weird, well, then maybe you don't have rap hat privileges yeah yeah maybe stick with another more innocent genre like just have a hat that says magical realism or something (laughs) (laughs) so she's in there taking a shit while her friend is doing all the work of moving in to the house and she comes out and she's like great seems like we did it (laughs) i'm gonna head out good job team before they have a chance to leave though they find quite the surprise in the bathroom (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this. So I will say a lot of the like excuses that Darla makes yes. for <laughs> she, for for this house, I can kind of get it. You know, like oh rats or like oh maybe that was a ghost, but like you know if you think ghosts exist, you know like sure, I kind of think yeah. ghosts exist. Like you know like what? But to just be like oh that's rust. Yeah, they they walk into the bathroom and open up the toilet, and it's just like entrails essentially, mm-hmm. and they're like classic rust situation classic pipes moment the fact that she sees what's in the toilet and then like instantly is kind of like cynthia makes me wonder <laughs> what what came before like what situation this is not before. the first time she's had to ask cynthia about yeah. shit in a toilet yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> i don't know cynthia definitely dresses like people i knew in college who were like always around diy shows and stuff yeah and would just treat their body like just mm-hmm. drink anything and yeah. do anything yeah. and then wa- wonder why things weren't going yeah. great like health wise you know, like, <laughs> it's so things it's aren't so going weird great, like my head always hurts yeah. and it's like yeah that's because you just drank a tub of ham you drink a tub of hams and you drink a bucket of pbr and you you took 10 pills you just found on the ground yeah. and that's why yeah uh, crazy that your body's not functioning at tip-top condition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she uh, refuses to help clean that up uh, and then kind of pieces out. Uh, Darling starts to talk to her dad on the phone, which is where we get some backstory about her, the context of her moving into this neighborhood and what's her connection or lack thereof. It turns out her father had lived in the bottom yards uh, himself when he was young and had moved out and is actually actively discouraging her from being there um, because he feels it's become more dangerous and he is paying for her to live there, I believe, um, which is probably the most important revelation we get from that conversation. This book does a lot of things really well, but I think thematically it does really well, like talking about the intersections of like race and mm-hmm. socioeconomic status and um you know like different types of privilege and how they can be all like mixed right. up yeah you know like i you know am a white person but like i definitely like kind of felt the gentrification to a point because mm-hmm. i grew up partly in a small town up north in northern minnesota and the last time i went there it's like totally different like all of the like working class families i feel like are getting weeded out you know but i that's not from a racial lens that's just from like an economic Mm -hmm. you know and like different cultural like thing happening in a different place but like and then you know so she gets called out on this trust fund or like i don't know if it's like a trust fund exactly but like yeah i think it is family support and then like well her dad calls her um, out on it even in this conversation he's like mm -hmm. you're kind of just like putting 
you just want to be here to like experience the struggle of Mm -hmm. it all without really Mm-hmm. experiencing and, and she, it considering. yeah experiencing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and, this... and, and she says this is her home a lot like she's like i'm from here right but it like obviously cynthia isn't and they met when they were little kids yeah so like how how long did she actually live yeah in in the in the bottom yard i do feel like a lot of um black people end up having that kind of like mm-hmm. am i really black enough if i didn't experience the experience of you right, know, living right. in poverty you know it's it's like a real conversation mm-hmm. so that's one of the nice things about this book is right and like is it wrong real. to want to have that connection like yeah that is a real part of her past and her family's past so she's already feeling like that discomfort of having been called out um and the confusion of like what am i doing here is this part of me finding myself or is this fake or what what is this (laughs) Um, and I think she gets confronted by the our white power man oh yeah this guy is there following her again and I believe she calls 911 oh my god yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's um it's trash it's not fruitful not (laughs) fruitful shocking dude I recently (laughs) called 911 and it wasn't fruitful at all I like Jesus. We, we just got a, a kitten. Yeah. We just bought this house too, including <gasps> oh, an boy. opening in a crawl space. Oh which no! Our cat got into, and so I, I'm woken up by my husband being like Ripley's in the walls, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I didn't know what to do, so I called 911. I was like. My cat is stuck in my <laughs> the walls of my house. Can I call like a fireman or something? <laughs> Don't firemen rescue cats? And they're like, no. And I was just oh like, my God. so what do I do? And they're like, you should call the Humane Society. And I called the Humane Society and they're like, oh, we're not open yet. <laughs> so you might your cat's just gonna else. have to be in that wall. I think. <sighs> I wish there was like a third department. That wasn't fire, like the fire, and obviously not cops. That could do cats, and <laughs> yeah. could do like knocking on your neighbor's door until they open it up, and just be like, "Cut it out." <laughs> yeah. Be quiet. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, where were we? Um. Oh, yeah. So this she calls nine one one. It doesn't go well. They they say they recognize like her area code and are like, if you're in this na- bad neighborhood, like it's gonna take us a while to get there and like we really don't want to go if it's like not a big deal that was ridiculous to me (laughs) i mean because also obviously obviously in a poor black neighborhood the cops are all always doing shit right it's not like like they're it's not like they're not over like when there's needed yeah (laughs) it's not like they don't go there it's just like "Mm, but for a good reason no sorry no no bye bye (laughs) nope 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 (laughs) yeah so she has to just kind of talk to him on on her own and uh, try to get her get him to leave and eventually just walk past him into the building on her own, which is awful that she had to do that. Um, and then she runs into the only tenant who I think was in the building who She's is moving, moving out, out as these new people are coming in, whose name is Catherine. And she, it's not like she couldn't pay the rent that she w- had been paying. Mm-hmm. But it's raised so significantly that it, she's priced out of yeah, it. Yeah, she basically takes uh, 
Darla to come have a drink in her apartment and is like, yeah, so this is a gentrification situation. And Darla's like, uh, <laughs> um, I guess. He's like, uh, I guess so. oh, geez, I'm so sorry for gentrifying you out of here, ma'am. And she's like, it, 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 it Catherine, it's, it's a pretty sad scene. Yeah. She's just like, this just happens. It's always going to happen. It'll happen to you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Darla is like very uncomfortable because I don't think she's this is the second time she's been called out so bluntly in like like 20 it, like, minutes it makes me wonder like where did she live, live before this you mm-hmm. know like yeah what are what's her friend circle look like outside of Cynthia <laughs> she well if she went to the art institute I, I have a few ideas of where she went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew art institute people that lived in Logan Square mm-hmm. I knew art institute people um, that lived in Humboldt Park. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that I used to live in Chicago. <laughs> so I've got a little, I got a little bit of an inside scoop on yeah, this. You're, you know? you're name dropping some I'm, neighborhoods right yeah, there. Yeah, sorry. Seriously. I love, I love Chicago. I think it's my favorite city. Um, even if there was a giant flesh body whore monster. Speaking of love, which. <laughs> There's a great moment. We'll go into uh, the history of the building in a minute, which is the majority of what Catherine talks to Darla about. Um, but there is this great, almost like sitcom moment where they're engaged in conversation and Darla like absentmindedly opens a cabinet to like maybe grab a glass to drink with, isn't looking in the cabinet. And there's just this like bulbous, like yeah, flesh, like, like, flesh ball. like yeah. this horrible. It kind of, honestly, it looked like a little... It was comical. It was, like, just a little, it was like a really little funny yeah. little, just clearly like monstrous it could be a alien. Testicle. It could be a wart. It could be like a little, just a little appendage. Yeah. It could be anything. But scary and, you know, not supposed to be there. And so she never ends up looking at it. And then like Catherine just kind of closes the cabinet before she looked that also made me wonder if Catherine like knows knew that it was there um oh yeah i don't think there's any situation where she didn't know if she lived there for so long well although it's interesting because at the end she's like oh i didn't know there was a big monster (laughs) (laughs) oh i knew there was some little monster she's like i knew about sure she's like oh i mean i knew about the bulb (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't every apartment have a ball in this modern age? <laughs> One thing we missed is as she's entering Catherine's apartment, at uh, the top of the stairs, there's a, a, a pilgrim. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, which ends up having nothing to do with the rest of the monster. <laughs> but there is just a silent pilgrim looking down. It does end up being related to the story, but yeah, not, yeah, not sure, really related. Not the monster. Yeah, so what uh, Catherine tells Darla is that she moved in because her sister, I think, um, had built this building with money she got from selling a patent for a an artificial heart that works uh, by using urine to power it, which is another, like, okay <laughs> moment. Yeah, there's never another touch on yeah. that. There's, it turns out a different part, a different thing is powered by shit. Yeah. But the urine part isn't touched on again. <laughs> she- My question is, does it have to be urine? Is it yeah. like yeah. movement around? Yeah, if, like what if, is it? You know? Why couldn't it be any other liquid? Well, I guess when you're when you're the head of the company, you can yeah. just be like, nope, it's gotta be urine. <laughs> yeah. 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 I invented it. 
It's gonna be your. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the charts, and it has to be. <laughs> it has to be your end. No, you cannot uh, look at this chart. It's for me only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. yeah this is. These are secret numbers. These are my numbers. <laughs> So that's where she got her money, and then she... Yeah, my my one thing with the year at heart, sorry to be stuck on that, is I wonder how different this world is than ours. When they have fully artificial urine-powered hearts. Yeah, where is... Where's healthcare? You, less, <laughs> an unintended consequence of this is Dick Cheney would be even more powerful. <laughs> he would have one of those urine hearts in him for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, like third or fourth heart attack. They're like, all right, it's time for we a, need urine to get you a urine heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there would be like a scandal that the urine he uses isn't his. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, there would be like pictures. Conspiracy theorists would have like a picture of him drinking a beer, and they'd be like, "That's." urine (laughs) maybe it wouldn't even be a conspiracy theory maybe it would be like please do not make fun of former vice president cheney for drinking urine yeah he has to do that do not make come on let's have a little civility and not make fun of cheney for drinking urine there's so many important things we could be talking about that he's done to fuck up society and we're sitting here fixating on his urine heart we're talking about how he gulps down (laughs) urine every day how he just has to guzzle down urine all the time that's a little bit of a low blow you guys that is like just that's not who we are i i just imagine like t-shirts that people are wearing like because they have family members that have these yeah um powered by yeah my kid my kid (laughs) drinks piss and i'm proud (laughs) i drink piss and i'm proud the bag just says piss guzzler (laughs) (laughs) team piss guzzler (laughs) there would be like there would be like a Susan G. Komen walk, except it would be like four biscuits. Or you'd get one of those like annoying shirts where it's like, yeah, I'm an American and I guzzle <laughs> all different yeah. fonts. Yeah. <laughs> I guzzle piss. Um, I guzzle piss and I vote Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what of it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so lots. <laughs> Lots that I'd like to explore in a bottom feeders too. We have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's way more to this book than just the urine powered heart. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the sister of hers, uh, of, of Catherine's, whose name is JJ, I think, um, the bank like repossessed the building. So, uh, Catherine moved in to kind of help pay the rent in this building. And that was another red flag. They were like, the bank, uh, tried to sell the building but they couldn't and i was like i don't know banks really like to sell buildings yeah so i feel like that's a bad sign if the bank Mm -hmm. didn't sell the building so darla goes back to her apartment she thinks she hears a rat she follows it she opens up this panel and there's nothing there but she sees in the in the back of this little little drawer uh some kid has written don't touch and uh there's this weird illustration yes. of this like duck um thing <laughs> another duck fight like killing someone yes you're in hearts deadly ducks that's bottom feeders for you. Uh, <laughs> Catherine a crucial detail does mention that her son Charles who lives with her grew up in the building and uh is very attached to it and ran around as a child like uh drawing around the place and so uh Darla assumes that these drawings she's seeing in her her place are done by this 
son. So she's found this suspicious drawing. She falls asleep um, because she has a big presentation the next day. She's a fashion designer who literally yes. like, <laughs> like cuts up vintage, vintage clothes. clothes that she finds <laughs> and turns them into new clothes. Which um a little on the yes. nose, Ezra, but I do I I do like it. I think it's a good metaphor. <laughs> they run into her one of her neighbors on the way. I guess Cynthia is helping her with this presentation somehow, though it's really never clear in what capacity she's involved with the yeah. design or any part of she's it. She's driving. Yeah, she's, she is driving. She's driving. She's she driving. has a driver's license, and yes. Darla doesn't. That that is correct. That's, what it That's was. true. Okay, but it seems like she seems to make herself appear as if she's more involved in the fashion than just even driving her there. So, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so as they're on their way to this presentation, they run into their Darla's neighbor, not their neighbor. And his name is Julio. They have a conversation there where he again is like sort of calling out why. Are, so why are you moving here? Which is kind of weird for him yeah. to call yeah. out because like he basically also moved there to like be in a, be in a real neighborhood, like quote unquote, you know, and he gets called out on that soon after that's one of the interesting most interesting parts of this book is like all the people who are moving here for different reasons and with Mm -hmm. different backstories and connections to this area and they all kind of like judge each other in different ways and aren't everyone's kind of nervous about how much they're judging or not judging each other or whether they should be judged i I feel like gentrification is so Mm -hmm. widespread and there's so many like different levels of it too that it's just always a very complicated like anybody from a position of privilege living in many neighborhoods of like most neighborhoods maybe of most cities is like going to be contributing Mm -hmm. to it in some way because like there was white flight like 50 or 60 Mm -hmm. years ago and and so like now white people moving in mass back in the cities you know there's been multiple waves of that and it's like because i like for instance i live in a neighborhood in denver five points that has been gentrified like the area i'm in has been gentrified for a while but so this is like second generation gentrification i i wasn't the person who moved here originally but i'm still in a historically black neighborhood or that was you know like 30 years ago and i think this book does a good job of like talking about all of those intentions and how like a lot of them aren't like inherently bad but like they're rationalized in weird ways that Mm -hmm. that make it so people that are doing this aren't recognizing their role in it you know like they're removing that part of it they're rationalizing it while also not seeing the negative of it with darla her dad says like you could i could give you more money and you could live in a different neighborhood yeah Yeah. julio suggests that like he's living there because that's the name like that's where he can afford to live too like with his artist's salary you know, and like that's like like that's where why we're living where we are living right now because that's where we could afford to live in Denver. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like I don't know. Yeah, this book does a very good job at like not n- not just making an easy conversation out of these things. Yeah, and then like um, when they're actually like in the bar and they're just like chatting with each yeah. other about this yeah. sort of thing was especially accurate to life as well because yeah. you know they have these hard conversations and it feels good to have those conversations and you end it with but fuck all white people right yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so it's like well, yeah. we, we have this <laughs> yeah absolutely um so they yeah the- <laughs> I feel like 
looks like, yup. <laughs> I mean, and I'm fuck white people. Too, yeah. Say, no, yeah, say. fuck white person people. I'm also a white person. Uh, I was like, as a, as a trans, this is different, but I, this is different, but I do feel like somewhat similarly about like how there's like so many rifts in the queer community, but also at the end of the day, it's like, well, yeah, fuck the cis straight fucking, you know, like it's like, fuck them, you know, at the end of the day. We can agree on one thing. We can agree on, yeah, So uh, they present, or Darla presents her line to this executive Hadley, um, and she only really starts to get excited about her at all when Cynthia brings up like, oh, and she just moved into Bottom Yards, and like she has a cool neighbor who you may have heard of because this neighbor is like up and coming on the music scene. And the executive's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool! I have to like go visit and. All of a sudden, she finds this this story very interesting. Darla's not so thrilled that, like, the neighborhood is really what's making her interesting to this yeah. executive and not her Even fashion. though she kind of moved there to be more interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's well, a lot of... I just of... want to touch really quick on the, the name of the... I didn't realize the name of the line was Bottom yes. Feeders. <laughs> and as someone who, as a kid, a lot of my clothes were from the thrift store, I don't like that I, I, yeah. Yeah. I do not like being told that the clothes i was getting were from the bottom, bottom and like yeah. just like i'm fine with her i guess like repurposing clothes and stuff like especially because she said that most of them are damaged that's fine but i do not like the idea like less than right like we took this gross stuff Shit. and repurposed yeah. it into like something <laughs> cool and pretty it's reflective of like a definitely like a blindness that she has um to even call it that yeah and then the fact that she's buying it from a thrift store which means she's getting it for like super cheap and she's likely gonna sell it for like way 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 more expensive yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just like there's like a conversation going on right now where like if you can afford to buy a coat go buy a coat. Please don't yeah. buy the ones at Goodwill because those are the ones for people who can't afford to buy one from, you know, fucking mm-hmm. TJ Maxx mm-hmm. or Target or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that her branding is questionable. Um, she's kind of upset at how the meeting went because mm-hmm. she wasn't thrilled that Cynthia was so gung-ho about, like, yeah, let's play yes. up this angle. Darla, you know, like, the problems with what she's doing with her line aside is an artist and she doesn't want to just be like sourcing things from thrift stores and she doesn't want to just be like a brand, you know, she wants to create, you know, and I respect that. And Cynthia doesn't give a shit. Yeah. She's like just slowly removing all the art from it Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and taking it over, you know, and like she's a white friend taking over this project. mm -hmm. Um, and just, and really she's not just taking it over. She's taking it over as as a means to get money too i think you know so she's like yeah so darlick starts calling her out on all this this shit in the car as they're driving home and it's just like you're kind of just like wearing this neighborhood as a costume and like reaping Mm -hmm. the benefit and this has been a problem always i think she kind of implies with with cynthia Cynthia doesn't take it well. Um, she's instantly like, so I can't say anything ever. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, so you're calling me racist? And Darla wasn't 
really doing that. Exactly. Yeah, no. Like, I think she was kind of talking about privilege to a point, but she wasn't like really, she w- just simply wasn't calling her racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, like the more I think about it and like going back through the story, I'm like, what about what Darla said? Yeah. Sounded like you are racist. Like, yeah. <laughs> which part? This, I think Cynthia just makes bad decision after bad decision. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and it's also like just the way that our government and America at large has used like class differences or differences in amount of money as like a cover for saying like racist shit. It's like I feel like yeah. she hears the word privilege and immediately it's like, yeah. oh, so we're talking about race. It's Yes, I think that's so. a difficult thing. Like my mom has had a really difficult life. You know, she was a single Mm -hmm. mom. She didn't have much money. I feel like she has good opinions and politics around, around like issues with like marginalized people from trans people to people of color. Like she articulates good ideas and she like understands privilege. But when you tell her that she's privileged, she's like, what are you talking about? You know, she's a domestic (laughs) abuse survivor. She was grew up very poor. She's had money issues her whole life. And so it's just hard for her to process that. But it's still on her to process that. Um, But Cynthia is young. (laughs) She comes from a men's She's got a pretty good life, it sounds like. And even she can't be like do anything but be like oh so you're calling me a racist <laughs> yes so they get into such a fight about this and darla's like i'm just gonna get out of the car and walk home i don't want to be a part of this conversation anymore and clearly neither do you <laughs> uh power guy so- chases her again <laughs> yes. his, his, the power guy's blocking the door this time i think yeah, yep, yes. he's just standing in front just of the door fucking standing there and she's a little shaken and i think that's when she meets up with uh her neighbor Julio. to go get a drink. Yes, Julio yeah. to get a drink. A, this is another moment of Julio kind of being a dick because he's like, listen, if you're going to complain about the music being too loud, that's why I moved here. And it's like, oh, you moved into a poor neighborhood so you could just blast music <laughs> whenever you wanted to? Come yeah. on, asshole. Like, do you think people in poor neighborhoods want to hear music at all times of night? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So they kind of have a talk and he's like, all right, I, I know a place. Let's get a drink and let's talk. Um, and that's where they talk about his um, persona. His uh, name when he performs is Plymouth Rock or Plymouth Rock. <laughs> I don't know how uh, he pronounces it when he performs, but he basically dresses up as a pilgrim. So he was the uh, pilgrim at the top of the stairs that we heard of earlier. Yeah. And have you guys heard that th- that those guys, those pilgrims were... We're actually kind of bad dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she kind of calls him out on like, you are making money off of a, it's it's like a, a theater kind of that you're doing mm-hmm. uh, to provoke a reaction. But at the end of the day, you are still using uh, that image to make money. Yeah. And keeping and that image and that group of people like in the conversation. And it's kind of interesting that she's bold enough to do that because... You know, I don't know if I would make a statement like that to a Latinx person because so many Latinx people have indigenous heritage, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know if I would be bold enough to be like, you know, like, right. aha, you know, like, the, but also, I yeah, I don't know. But 
that like not all Latinx people have indigenous heritage, and he doesn't bring it up. So right, and I'm when the more he she probably doesn't, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> like hey, or if he does, he hasn't explored it in a way that informed this Certainly. character. That he, he was does. just yeah. like, this is a cool name, and listen. There, th- many people have fallen victim to. I like this is a cool name. <laughs> this, is a cool name. <laughs> this is a cool name syndrome. <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, they, like you said, they kind of just like they don't really reach a conclusion because he isn't yeah. really able to defend his persona at all. Well, just that one, like right before they do that, he's before they do that Heather fuck white people moment. He's like, this bar is so real. Nobody knows about yeah, it. Yeah. And then uh, one thing that I think, one thing we haven't touched on is too much is like how great of a visual storyteller Ben yeah. Passmore is. And oh, absolutely. And like, because she, cause the camera, not the camera literally, but kind of pans out and she's like, what about everyone at everyone- this bar? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and he's like, oh, but like not people in the scene or whatever, and she's like, uh huh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then they go home and I hook up. Did did you hear that drums? I also heard that drum. (laughs) That was like a really yeah, like drum roll. And then and then they fuck. Did you do they hook up? Oh my god, it's so wild. Um, yeah, so. They get back and they are... Oh, oh, that's okay. I remember what happens. So while uh, Darla and Julio are getting to know each other, uh, Cynthia... You just like, say sex. Yeah, they're having, like a 50-year-old grandmother. They're getting like to know each other. <laughs> well, I, I already said fuck a couple times, so I feel yeah. like... <laughs> You don't want to like, overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alex Trebek we is only... up in heaven judging julie i do have a little sticker of him on my laptop of him giving two thumbs up um what if they so just I, like I... suddenly were two thumbs down see that's that's what i fear every time i say uh an f word yeah. <laughs> so we've been really going page by page and this is we really where the have. story really picks up action wise um yeah uh so cynthia is is actually returning to the apartment as well to apologize in her way <laughs> yeah. which is just to bring the oldest one of the oldest tvs you could you've ever seen get. Just bring that in and be like, well, it has a cable hookup, though, apparently. But, um, and yeah. crazy enough, there's this long, hairy... <laughs> <laughs> what? She, she literally is well, like, why, why is this fleshy and wet? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's just plug it in. She's like, oh, this must be one of those fleshy, wet wires. But Which, again, <laughs> <laughs> makes me wonder, because like maybe there is like enough of a difference. Like, if there are artificial piss hearts, yeah. maybe there are some fleshy, like, cords it's that like butterfly That's effect but instead of a butterfly flapping yeah. its wings it was it's the a... invention of the piss heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe because it really doesn't seem to ring enough alarm bells in anybody and she's just like okay yeah. I'll plug in the TV um, while Darla's not here and just get this set up and my little present apology will be all set up when she gets back but when she plugs it in it's like a video just a surveillance-esque video into um, Julio's apartment and She's watching them uh, get to know each other. And that, I think, is this monster drawing her in, definitely. Like, totally. To, yeah. 
and um, uh, she's she's mad. She doesn't like that. She she's she's ha- she has dibs on this man apparently. Yeah, she perceived their mad. their conversation yeah. earlier as going very well, even though the yeah. whole time he was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. suck," uh, like pretty unambiguously. He was judging her, and she was like, "Oh my god, we hit it off." but she thought she had a chance with this guy and she's mad um but then she notices that darla in the on the screen is like leaving that apartment to come grab something from hers which means she's about to see and shit talking her too oh and shit talking her yeah and so she runs and hides in that little cabinet where we saw the drawing earlier yeah that back that back panel it's the same cabinet before that that darla thought she she heard a rat in in the back panel that says don't enter and uh, she just kind of keeps hiding and keeps going back and back and back. Yeah. And then gets uh, absorbed in the new flesh. She just yes. gets absorbed into yes. this fleshy creature. And she is now the person running running this whole monster. Yeah, um, she has been subsumed. Um, and <laughs> as these little tentacles just kind of... When Julio and um, Darla... Uh, arrive back at Tarla's apartment they see the tv is still hooked up and like some sort of surveillance and they're like gene oh that <laughs> rascal Which, honestly fair enough fair enough yeah. to be like yeah. the it landlord did been. this <laughs> and it turns out that that's not his weird obsession they call him he's they, they kind of threaten him he's like i don't know what's go-. they threaten with him with calling the police and he's like uh, I don't know what's happening. I, I love that his on. response to this like accusation, which is clearly bad for him and could get him into some trouble. He's like, okay, okay, I know how to fix this. Like, I didn't do this. And and to prove that uh, I trust you, I'll show you something very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's how you know that I am trustworthy. And like, you can trust me when I say that I didn't do this particular weird thing. Because mm-hmm. I have another very weird thing that I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, so they go down to the basement and he's like, it's just behind this door, my precious, precious, strange thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he, he cannot can. open it. It's like so much more interesting than Gene actually is. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. His, he would sound the most Midwestern, boring yeah, person I've ever it. Very yeah, totally. bears like, yeah, you got to look behind the store, man. You know, you gotta... <laughs> There's some mushrooms there, yeah, see. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. some weird, weird oh, stuff yeah, the over there. washing machine <laughs> And they're all like, what? You're mumble. You're... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're... Everything you say trails off. and. You... <laughs> But yeah, so he can't open the door and he's, he comments on yeah. like, well, the air feels different and it's all hot down here. And, and they don't really have much time to process that because the, the executive that, that Darla was trying to impress has now arrived at her mm-hmm. place and is kind of like looking around and she's like, oh shit, okay, I have to go. So she runs up and is like, hey, Julio, come with me. <laughs> uh, be my moral support. But it kind of turns out more that she, or at least Julio perceives it, that she's trying to show off. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of bullshit because it's like, yeah, if you're if you're an artist, like I'm not gonna lie, I've asked friends to like, you know, kind of right. like be there for their gravitas or whatever, or like recommend yeah. me because they're like, I mean, it's kind of. Yeah. I've asked Steens to recommend me yeah. because <laughs> Steens is a great and notable artist, and I don't yes. think there's anything insidious about that. You yeah. know, guys are like that though. Yeah, they, they act like it's like. This, like, social justice issue almost. Like, 
you used my clout? Whoa, <laughs> man, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, and it's like, who gives a shit? Clout is a n- not finite resource. Just fucking be cool. Yeah. Are they your yeah. friend? Then just be cool. I like, it felt like she just really just wanted him to be there. And she, d- and she even introduces him as Julio. Like, I feel like she takes and the character not Plymouth even. And Rock, yeah. yeah. They just fucked, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, they've had, they've had, and they went to a bar and they had this kind of bonding experience. Right, it feels like. Like, they, and like, she kind of holds his, his hand, like, when she asks for the moral support in this, like, kind of, like, tender, vulnerable way. Yeah. Like, this is just a person asking for someone to be nice in there. <laughs> yeah. This is not, yeah. like, a manipulation, in my opinion. Yeah, but men always thinking, like, I'm such I'm such an asset that this must be, I must be being used. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he gets pissed and kind of takes off and leaves Darla to give uh, Hadley the tour of her apartment alone. Um, and then al- <laughs> almost immediately, well, after calling Darla's clothes smelly, and gross. There's this yeah. huge, just like gas like wave. That, yeah, it's just a big old fart. A big yeah. old fart. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a fart. You're the right. Building, yeah. building does a fart. I mean, it's probably one of the most disgusting descriptions of like a smell that I've read, though. Where it was like, it smells like just hot breath. Like, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> like really, just yeah. like ah. Uh. So the whole building just goes. <laughs> 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 and, um, God. Yeah, and the Hadley's like, "Oh, I'm out of here. I'm gonna puke." Um, and but so Darla's like, "Well, great. My chances with that whole business venture are probably ruined by my breathing house." Um, yeah, my and house now just crop dusted my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FML. My house just crop dusted my <laughs> potential employer. Reddit. Am I the asshole for <laughs> yeah. being mad at my house for farting while, my, while a business associate was visiting? <laughs> yeah. And also, that's Cynthia, right? Because she's now in. She's the mind oh, yeah. of this creature. Yes. So she- yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that was on her. <laughs> Cynthia's uncontrollable asshole strikes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the breath clears and she's like, well, shit, okay. And this is when it gets real scary. Because yeah. she sees on the TV, she calls Cynthia, she sees on the TV Cynthia's like, like just destroyed face with all of these different fleshy, like, yeah. you know, things ju- jutting out of it. And then the TV explodes, and she's like, oh, no, Cynthia's inside of the house, and I need to rescue her. I'm not, I don't remember quite what happens. I know she... She calls the cops, and the cops are like, That's right. aren't you a little too old to be calling the cops about <laughs> your friend being subsumed by a flesh monster? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just call every Every minute. time there's, like, a big monster. And... You gotta grow up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't you have a sword of some sort? Don't you have a uh, crossbow or some other They're weaponry? They're like, ma'am, where's your sword? <laughs> yeah. Where's your armory? Have you been to your armory yet? Yeah. <laughs> this is just rec- troubleshooting. I'm trying to help you out, okay? Yeah. Um <laughs> They're like, we're going to need you to call somewhere else. (laughs) Can you try the Humane Society? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the Humane Humane Society, if it was open, would at least be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like an opossum. 
Who's trying to help out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we heard a lot of calls about. Oh yeah, you're gonna... the fifth one this morning. Yeah. <laughs> we'll to you as soon as we can. I don't know why St. Louis Humane Society sounds like they're from fucking Minnesota, but they they just do. Yeah. They're like, we got a guy down the street taking care of another possum. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe you guys are taking my my cultural beginnings. (laughs) Just just putting your contempt on this. The heroes of the story, if they had been in the story, this humane society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, she reaches uh, an unhelpful nine one one responder. She goes downstairs, and she hears a banging sound coming from around the back of the building where we first met um, our mm. white power man. And she heads downstairs to that same door oh that Jean showed her a little bit ago. And the white power man is there with a sledgehammer just hammering away at the door. Knowing that she can't really call the cops, she threatens to call the cops she on him. She says she's already called them. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they finally get to talking. because She's like, you have been stalking me for a long time. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's about the there's lizard a people. Duck, there's a duck lizard in here. I'm trying to get to the duck lizard. I'm not trying to kill you. But once she kind of takes that in and is like, whatever, well, I'm looking for my friend who I think is trapped in the building. That luckily to him is like, he's like, oh, I bet that's the duck lizard. We can work together. And so she's like, okay, fine. Uh, as long as nobody hurts each other, she makes him give up his pepper spray i think um mm-hmm. which is a much better sign that. of trust than earlier when gene was like as a sign of trust yeah so she's sm- the only one small enough to crawl through the hole that he's made in the in the side of the building so she's like okay i'll go in and see what this is and he's like great get evidence and she only sees these like mushrooms in there and then she hears gene's voice i think all of a sudden well, instead of first she sees kind of sees like the heart or the lungs or whatever it's just a big part of like the body of the house and then gene comes in through mm-hmm. and, and is like don't touch my mushrooms don't <laughs> you dare touch my mushrooms <laughs> yeah. and she gets she le- she goes back out the door and he has straight up killed the white power guy with a rock he has just gone at it and obviously darla doesn't react calmly to that because mm-hmm. terrifying Squ- squirts him with bear mace as he's like no my mushrooms i've spent <laughs> so much money yeah he's like mushrooms mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms stand your ground which i do not believe illinois has stand your ground laws <laughs> by the way <laughs> um, so he just heard about those in florida and was like yep must yeah. be wherever yeah. he's like no no no, it's fine like this guy was trying to get my mushrooms so i i killed him and we never ever learn why these are special mushrooms maybe they're <laughs> just regular <laughs> mushrooms that he yes. likes a lot i don't know so as she's dealing with this new threat of gene like with a bloody rock in his hand um the some sort of tentacle uh comes out of the little hole where uh uh, Darla just was and just grabs Gene, pulls him right through that hole, like, and snaps his arms off because he's too big to get in. And then his arms are just laying there on the ground, um, pulls him deep into the depths. And Darla's like, 
okay. <laughs> and then she's running. She's running away. She goes into Julio's apartment. Right, because she's like, I can't what? call the cops. The only person I can think of to talk to is Julio. Yeah, and guess what? He's now being subsumed, and he's covered in flesh and eyeballs and all of these different things. Um, and he's like, and- why don't you just try hitting it? That doesn't go well. Um, that doesn't go well at all. That straight up kills the man. Um, and in, in quite a, a drastic very, way. Yeah. yeah he, he gets like a big full page spread. of. Just he is like, pulled apart. He is pulled apart. Uh, so that's not good. And so at this point, uh, Darla is rightly thinking, maybe I just need to get out of here. Um, but the, the creature is blocking the down stairs i believe so she kind of goes back to her own apartment and ends up crawling back into that little crawl space finally finding cynthia finally finding cynthia who's in a quite a state of uh decomposing or uh merging with this creature and so she at this point is like oh my god you're in control of this what's going on why are you and and there's an interesting exchange where darla's like why did it choose you and cynthia's like it didn't i just came back here and fell into this 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 big fleshy mound but i don't think that's true i think it yeah. did sh- choose cynthia uh because l- later the when when we find out the origins of this i guess the government wanted to use this technology to run prisons basically yes. and wanted it run obviously by white people and so it latched on to cynthia and used her kind of like innate bigotry and anger i think to right to root out the people living in the building she doesn't realize that necessarily i i definitely agree i think that's a factor um in why she merged and why it called out to her and like sort of lured her in so yeah she's like yeah. i'm sorry i didn't really mean to like kill all those people i was just mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm doing uh, she's and she's clearly like kind of- darla's like julio was actually kind of cool he just didn't fuck you you know yeah <laughs> yeah sure um, and then uh, Darla doesn't know what to do because she knows she can't call the authorities. Um, she doesn't know how to help Cynthia like disengage from this. She doesn't know if doing that would kill her. And so her last kind of thought is that she remembers Charles, the son of Catherine. His number was somewhere in Catherine's apartment, mm-hmm. I think. And that Catherine repeatedly said that he's so very, very close like with this building. He is very intimate with it. So she's like, maybe he knows something about all of this. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, Cynthia, BRB, try not to kill me while I'm up there. Um, I'm going to run into uh, Catherine's apartment and see if I can call Charles. So she does call Charles, but she's not able to speak with him. It turns out Cynthia does low-key want to kill her. Yeah, uh, I guess Which is bad. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> the flesh comes out of the walls and this creature um, attacks her uh, and gets a hold of her. In this really uh, genuinely horrifying battle It's so season. scary. Hollywood... Don't turn this into a live-action movie. Please, God, don't. Um, yeah. You want to turn it into, you know, an animated one? That's great. I would pay. I'd pay up to thirty dollars to see that movie, but I, I do not want to even have the chance of having to see this scene in live-action. I don't want to know the the texture conversations that would happen. I do not want that. This big fight is kind of where the monster reveals itself. Like you kind of see it for the first time and it's like yeah, this and weird it puts all of its tentacles down darla's throat and she's like crying and foaming at the mouth you it's know really intense and well illustrated and then mm-hmm. as like the vines kind of go into her body and she's passing out we finally get the backstory of 
Charles and his I, aunt, mm-hmm. JJ, and what happened here? Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something I nice? would. Well, I would just say I wouldn't call them vines. I would call them like intestinal tentacles. Oh, for sure. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're wet and fleshy. Let's, let's call them what they yeah. are. <laughs> I don't know. So we kind of go back into Charles's childhood. Um, when he wandered down into the basement one day. Not just any day. He happened to wander down on it on, like, the day that his aunt was trying to kill the creature. Right, So it's not right. just, like, it's like, well, all right. Um, pretty good timing, Chuck. Right. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's clear that the home security company that, that was mentioned earlier was this sort of organic, like, life form that she created to run a house. But as Grace mentioned the government or whoever she was working with was interested in turning it into a weapon. Well, either a weapon or just an instrument of the carceral system. Yeah. yeah. Is there any difference? <laughs> right. I mean, I think, you know, she is like a black woman decades ago, you know, that she, I think she was probably already witnessing the, yeah. the damage that the government was intentionally inflicting on black neighborhoods in urban areas. And she was literally giving a home in one of these areas, a heart, like literally making it this living thing, like as a like kind of representation of that of that that the the heart and soul of a community, and right. I think she wanted it to be a beautiful thing more than just home security, but like this protection of of what the community is, you know. Like and it doesn't use any power. It like yeah. runs it organically. Is pow- well, in he- well, so we don't <laughs> learn in the, we learn in this scene that the. The house itself runs on shit. Yes. Hearts run on piss. Houses run on shit. And the bottom feeders universe. Yes. So. Well, it makes me wonder if if it was Cynthia's. Yeah, that Cynthia's woke him shit. Up yeah. Well, that's, she was that's, a, that's a really good. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> they. You, it seemed like sort of just a jokey beat to like have yes. it open on like her taking just a shit, but that. Was literally her like starting putting the turning the power on, and maybe a reason why again it also reached out to her. Yet another example of a white person's irritable bowel syndrome <laughs> doing so much damage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so JJ was gonna kill this creature because she realized it was about to be used in a way that she didn't intend, um, and. Uh, Charles just got really unlucky to kind of witness this moment. And it looks, I guess she designed it after a cartoon character that he likes that is a duck, um, which is what where all this duck imagery came from. And it is, you really have to read the book to see what it looks like. It, it like, it yeah, does, it, it's so hard to describe, but it does have this like weird cartoon. It has a like, duck face. face. That's what looks like a duck. The rest yeah. of it yeah. doesn't it no, really look like a duck. Yeah, the rest of it, no connection to duck. It does, it really does look like a duck snake hybrid. In yes, the end, yeah. it really does. I also think there's something to be said. If you like to look at the book, the end papers are a pattern of the duck. Yeah. And it, they, I'm, I wonder if this is intentional, but I mean, it I, looks yeah. pretty menstrual to me. Yes, it <laughs> you does. You know, that... like, this yes. looks like a straight up out of, like, Blackface yeah, like, 101, <laughs> you know? 100%. Yeah. And I wish I could be, like, eloquent enough to, like, understand the connection between menstrual uh illustrations and this story in particular but i'm not mm-hmm. so yeah i thought so steve's i thought you said menstrual instead of minstrel at first and <laughs> oh, i was looking at yeah. this i was looking at this duck face and being like man 
Steens and, and Julie immediately are like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what's, what, what no. is going on? <laughs> but yeah, yes, yeah. I agree. It do, the duck does look like blackface. Yeah. Um, I thought that too, but I'm not sure. Because it is a character that Charles like treasures. Um, yeah. So it's like an interesting. When it, I guess in the context of it being the security system that that then actively attacks this black family. Right. Like, that makes some sense to me. It is sort of, I yeah. mean, I don't want to skip forward too much, but Charles' story doesn't end very well. Um, or it ends very well. Or it it ends kind very of, well. like, yeah, depends yeah. how you look at it, because he loves it. He's like, yeah. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe that's part of it, is him, like, feeding into something that he shouldn't love, you know? Like, this yeah, version I mean, of himself actually, that he shouldn't yeah. love. That's true. Because he gets attacked by how, it. Like, yeah, exactly. It's something that he's kind of been tricked into exactly knowing the history of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and he yeah. like. Did you know that Whoopi Goldberg collects like blackface everything, like no. toys? <laughs> I did and, not. And, like figurines and like like old, that's fascinating. Old, old, really like harmful. <laughs> That's, I like mean, that's, that. she said why I, I can't remember all I all I remember is her saying that yeah she like loves that shit and she has a fuck ton of it Jeez. <laughs> that is so you guys crazy. remember how like when she was dating or were they married like Ted Danson yeah they did a bit they did a bit at the Oscars where like Ted Danson was in full like black like minstrel blackface with, like, the lips painted on and stuff. Yeah. And she, I mean, I don't know what was running <laughs> through her head, but now that I know this context, I'm like, There's something Whoa. weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's some dots being connected. I don't know. I would love oh, to my know God. She calls it, oh, my God. I'm allowed to say this, but she's <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg on minstrelsy and her collection of Negro Belia. <laughs> oh. <What the> fuck? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, apparently she like did a, a like a one minute interview about this. This is fascinating. <laughs> She's anyway. like, I'll give that you sixty like, seconds. That sounds very like like if Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium <laughs> was like run by Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to picture. I'm trying to picture myself collecting like anti-Semitic like propaganda posters. Yeah, like, like your house is like, full of swastikas. Yeah, I've like, got all these. I I mean, I do collect different <laughs> turf posters. I mean, and I, I guess oh if you find God. value, like in artistically, that. I think artistically, turfs are incredible. I don't <laughs> obviously agree with their views, but artistically, oh, incredible. The worlds they're able to build. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, and by that I mean I just have a bunch of Harry Potter posters. But... <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so so he gets attacked. He sees this is very traumatic for him. The monster dies in front of him, and it it messes him up. And then that's kind of the end of that vignette, I think. And oh, then we find out he was like telling this to Darla. I think yeah, she's like waking up, and because he. He harmed the creature, right? Because yes. apparently, like, oh, you can drown it, so water harms it, yes. which is, you know, I feel like a little bit of a lift from Sixth Sense. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> oh no, wait, what am I talking about? Signs. 
Not okay. a sixth sense, obviously. <laughs> like maybe the I movie signs. <laughs> I was like, I was like, do I not remember that? <laughs> I don't know. The movie signs. It would be very. I'm funny, literally though, like thinking of the like, scene yeah. where Bruce Willis is like opening the door, and all of a sudden it just starts raining inside the house. Yeah, like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I was like, is there something about not getting them wet? And I was like, I think that's Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, if you get Bruce Willis ghost wet. He's gonna be quite <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but <laughs> maybe. Yeah. This is also funny uh, because, in order to get the monster wet, he has to start a fire big enough in the apartment that it triggers the sprinklers. So yes. he's defeated the monster, but there's now a fire raging a within fire. the building. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, anyway. So yeah, long story short, uh, we're this is on fire. We gotta go. And she's like, well, we have to help Cynthia. She's still in this building. And he's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I think they do successfully disconnect her. <laughs> well, she's, di- I think they find her disconnected. Yeah. Because, right, cause, yeah, oh, because he's, yeah. Been, yeah. It's made, been made vulnerable. Um, which leaves the creature without a host. Uh-oh. A snail without a shell, Charles Yes. Said. <laughs> Um, so they do get out. They do, after uh, some hijinks during during their escape. They Gene is kind of a mushroom person now. Uh, oh yeah, they run. They run past him on their like way out, yeah. and he's just like a torso who's like, "Can I still be helped?" And they're like, yeah. "No." <laughs> you they kind of like look at each other, make the quick mental calculation, landlord bad, and then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> so Charles. Um, like Catherine is there. Uh, he they they're safe, but like he's all panicked because the creature is gonna die, and he's like, "I need to help it." And everybody's like, "No, don't do that." Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, do not, <laughs> yeah. do not do that. Yeah. And he's like, "No, it need it needs a host." And then he's like, "I want to do this. Bye, mom. I love you." <laughs> and steps yeah, into and they're the like, mop. You're- they're all like, you're going to have to eat shit for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> you have to eat shit. And oh, and that is very apparent because he's like, hey, can you open that sewer grate yeah. for me? Yeah. <laughs> so he's, I can just kind of. I imagine like a cartoon like smell line coming up from yeah. the He's like, mm, mm. that smells good to me now. I want to go down there. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they kind of let him into the sewer and say goodbye to him. And that's how they. Uh, diffuse the situation for now. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's something to be said that he just goes into the sewer and has to eat shit for the rest of his life to keep the situation like the same as it was. Yeah. Um, and what's her face? Cynthia is not doing well because, you know, she basically died. So they take her to the hospital and then they immediately see like a news blast about this whole situation that there was a monster in this fire and this yeah, like this situation. happened to Cynthia's apartment because Cynthia was attacked in her apartment even yeah. though it was Darla's the, apartment. Yeah, I think they say the only victim of this <laughs> of yeah. the situation is Cynthia and, and then this, the three this landlord. People. No, they 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 recognize that Julio and okay. the white power guy was were murdered. Right. And they they interviewed Gene's brother, <laughs> yeah. who was oh like, "Yeah, Gene was a hero. He obviously <laughs> fought as hard as he could against this creature." 
Uh, and now I'm going to sell this place because there's like little flesh scraps and the government <laughs> yeah. wants them. So, He's like, uh, it, would, it sure would be a nice thing for me to do to sell this to the highest bidder. So I think that's <laughs> what I'm going to do pretty much. <laughs> and they call Cynthia's apartment. They're like, her. she was attacked in her squalid bottom yard's apartment. So instantly the narrative comes becomes pretty clear. And this... Uh, Everyone who shouldn't profit off this situation is very much going to, including Cynthia, who's now a bit of a star. <laughs> because a vice, all of a sudden, this vice, vice casting director yeah. Yeah. has made his way into the hospital, apparently. He's like, vice, like vice News, reporting from the hospital. <laughs> and it's like, well, he's like, I want to cast you on a reality show, Cynthia, because you're such a fighter, you know, and yeah. like, yeah. you have such a beautiful story. And right. Cynthia, and he, so Darla rushes this guy out. And then Cynthia is like, I'm going to be famous. I have so many supporters. She's like, the happy story of Cynthia only continues to get happier. And Darla's basically like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I think she just leaves at that point. Uh, Cynthia just to rest. The TV sh- changes and she's, I don't know if she sees herself. Yeah. yeah, she sees herself. So we see the same kind of surveillance footage. And she's like, uh-oh. And we get the sense that the monster has not left her behind after all. So maybe she'll get eaten. <laughs> well, I think that it really seems to me like Charles and the monster are kind of like the soul of, like, the neighborhood. Like, they're, they're like, looking out. Like, kind of like an Avenger. I think he views himself as, like, a hero now. You said it earlier, Grace, that, like, they want to... It needs a host, and they don't trust that they're going to put someone who's like yeah they'll put like a just, white violent person as yeah the and they're off ob- that's obviously who it's gonna fall to and so yeah. that that also is probably a factor in his decision at the end is he knows this thing is gonna wander around hostless yeah. um, and, and, and it's gonna find someone gonna use the power for good but but i think that's kind of like i don't know if this was meant as a commentary on that but you know when like some some liberals response to um the protest this summer over police violence has been like, why don't we diversify the police force? You know? Yeah. Because, right. because this, this monster has shown in time and time again to be violent. <laughs> yes. And yes. like Cynthia, I don't think actually wanted to kill those people, but she was talking about how like, she don't, didn't know if she could stop it from doing that. Like it was subconsciously. So right. I do wonder if Charles will actually be able to control this like, security apparatus basically you know that he's now the host of i wonder i don't know okay so that was our longest synopsis yet (laughs) yeah yeah apologies we so we do have more of the show to do specifically (laughs) now we're at the section wherein you can ask us any questions you want to help you determine uh, what, what, who has the better opinions about, about this graphic novel, right. uh, pop quiz style, open-ended, whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay. So I actually prepared, so I, I prepared five questions for you guys. Okay. Um, well, the first one you already got a sneak peek of. So, uh, what is the incorrect name that Jean calls Darla? I definitely remember. So I'll let Grace see. Donna. Yeah. Okay. I think <laughs> <laughs> and you just assume Grace forgot. Well, no, she, she was worried. She was worried that she might. So I wanted to give her the chance to do it. Uh, good, good, great. You got it. Okay, so one point for each of you. Um, 
Okay, in the beginning of the book, the handyman spouts some wild conspiracy theories about reptilians and all that. <laughs> what is a conspiracy theory that you either believe in or that you completely find uh, hysterical? Oh. And whichever one I oh. like the most uh, gets the point. <laughs> um, th- okay, I really like... There's two that I'm thinking of that are sort of similar. Um, okay, the two I'm thinking of are the Leah Michelle Can't Read Conspiracy Theory and <laughs> and the Avril Lavigne is uh has been replaced at some point in the past 10 years by like a person who looks like her but is not Avril Lavigne um oh, yeah, Melissa. So, yeah Melissa yeah so those are my two <laughs> conspiracy theories that I find hilarious um I don't think I believe in either of them but I love to watch like the especially the Leah Michelle can't read like videos where they like try and show like clips of her where she can't seem to <laughs> read a prompter and stuff like that. That's so funny to me. And then I like that um, the Melissa theory, I believe forever Levine sort of came about because there was like a change in her music style and people mm-hmm. hated it so much that they believed that she must have been replaced. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like those two. Those are very funny. They're very pop, like culture based. Uh, yeah conspiracy theories which are my favorite kinds of conspiracy theories grace i think one that i've invested a good amount of time in is whether or not stevie wonder is actually blind <laughs> another um, great one another great one um this is one i think he can't be straight up blind i think we have enough evidence <laughs> that he can't be straight up blind but i think what intrigues me about it is there's really not that many answers that there could be, right? Like, the the answers are like, oh, he's partially blind, or maybe he's not blind at all, and this has been an act. But I don't think that's that's true either. I'm sure that he, you know, has occluded vision. Right, it's interesting that, like, we're splitting hairs over, like, the spectrum of sight he has. Yes. (laughs) But what I absolutely love about it is whenever he's really confronted about it, he's like eventually the truth will come out (laughs) eventually the mystery will unfold he's like very mysterious about it when the it's not a mystery like it can't really be that complicated it can't be a complicated conspiracy theory there's a clear the answer we know the answer basically but every time he's confronted about it he acts like it's this complex tale of 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 double crosses he likes and the mystery, mystery. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I like when people, you know, like act like something is so mysterious when it isn't even really a conspiracy theory. You know, yeah. I think the uh, the fact that Stevie Wonder does say, "Oh well, who knows?" I think <laughs> that alone is hilarious enough for me. I, I'm going to give Grace the point for that. I don't disagree with your choice. <laughs> Although the Leah Michelle can't read thing is just absolutely fascinating, and I gotta look 100% into it. Hundred percent plan on it. And I feel like what actually happens to to Avril Lavigne is that she just married the guy from Nickelback, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. I mean, her. I was gonna say like her music is definitely now Christian rock, which yeah, yeah. Like, yes, is real. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like that's not a con- yeah. Uh, the conspiracy theory is funnier than what actually like when you look at it it's just like oh, yeah, yeah i love those i love those but anyway yes point for grace nice okay but i still have a chance here you do you do um okay so here's another question we talked a lot about 
you know, parasites and gentrification. And we didn't really talk too much about this, but urban legends as well. Um, but I want you guys to have an eloquent off and oh, no. to say something inspired about this book and its themes. And whoever <laughs> oh, is God. more eloquent wins. <laughs> oh, my God. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you begin. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. I think that Bottom Feeders is an incredibly illustrated uh, portrait of a lot of different personal experiences with gentrification and what that means to each of those people and how those perspectives clash or overlap, um, as well as a story of comeuppance for uh the kinds of people that gentrify neighborhoods without considering the implications of what they're doing or uh how to actually give back to the community that they're uh trying to steal something from or get cool points off of or just hijack uh for their own to add to their own mystique i guess um so that is that's my thought (laughs) i would like to I would that like was to be- ter- that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to begin with the word intersectionality. Oh my god! Um, Grace is winning. <laughs> oh my god! I I think that what what was most engaging to me about Bottom Feeders was that it offered doorways to every kind of person. <laughs> to talk about gentrification you know so i'm a white person but i felt like very engaged in the conversation because i was able to see the the ripples of gentrification in my own life and like specifically how many different identities are at play um at the like all at once when we're talking about this my favorite scene was probably the scene at the bar at least when it comes to like what like what what this book is talking about because there were so many different like call outs of like different sorts of privilege different perspectives Mm -hmm. different problematic behaviors while also at the same time Julio and um, Darla are invested in this community. Some of the reasons are a little hollow or harmful, but some of the reasons are, um, you know, valid and I think, think, like, good for the community. Um, But at the same time, you know, while they both have claimed to being there in some respect, they both are... um, coming in with somewhat damaging perspectives that are disattached from the people that have lived there for a long time. No matter what cultural connections they've already had there or are, are trying to glean from there. And it, it really, the talking the drums. About, oh my God. That's just totally fell. Okay. Um, but I had Jump just right like back in, right back in. Um, but point being, talking about, um, cultural history versus like current socioeconomic status really made me think about how like I feel like my mom and I were kind of gentrified out of our own family you know and out of the places that um 
that that my mom called home and I called home. And I say that specifically in that like mo all almost all of my aunts and uncles on my mom's side made a lot of money. Um, they became Republicans. They became much more culturally and financially conservative than my grandparents. And as my grandma's very sick and old and, and, and in a nursing home and my grandpa is dead, they took over the house and sold it. They're selling the cabin. They have uh, been incredibly cold to myself and my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they look down on us because of our like lack of wealth. And, um, so it made me think about how, like, this place that I grew up in, in Ely, is totally inaccessible for me now. The, the spots that I, um, really grew, grew up in are, were, like, taken away without my opinion at all. And it, I don't have access to that, but if I had money, I still would. And so I was, like, looking at, like, the way Darla has interacted with this community she used to be a part of and how she gains access back to it because she has, like, these financial resources. Um, and so it just made me think about places that I grew up in and kind of be sad about how how that rolled out, but at the same time um, have an appreciation for the much more damaging way this is happening in historically black communities. And I feel like by mirroring that experience to my own, I have a much better and clearer understanding of the harm, like how the, the harm of gentrification is affecting these communities. Even though it's not at all what I have been through, I think that this book is incredibly inviting. And I hope that anyone who reads it comes in with an open mind because I think they'll be able to see some of themselves in these characters, even if these characters are very different than than, than them. Um, so, so I think Ezra and Ben did an incredible job at making this an entry point um, to talk about gentrification. That's great. Um, well, I don't know why I... <laughs> I thought mine had to be one sentence for some reason. <laughs> no, I was going to say, one of the things I personally feel about eloquence is brevity. So I'm going to give... Well, well, I open up my heart. I open up my heart. I become vulnerable. There is an eloquence in vulnerability. <laughs> we're, we're, the eloquence contest is done. <laughs> Let's not give give more time to think about the point that was awarded and that beautiful, beautiful story you just told. Um, but I didn't God. even bullshit. I, I didn't even bullshit. You didn't. Thank you. Judge. You gotta know your judge. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> we got two more questions. Okay. Okay. I think it's even now, right? No, I think you're still... <laughs> Sorry, you're still losing. It's one to two. <laughs> no, I got a point for the first one, right? Or no, do I not get a point? Cause I I mean, I don't know, because I said... You, you said let it, me but say I did it. Let you say. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess there's no way of knowing whether I knew the name Don or not, so I guess by fairness we have to say that I'm one behind. <laughs> I've really... Uh... 
Have we really become competitive in this season? <laughs> <laughs> like, already what? three episodes in. We're planning to build this up to a tournament at the end of the year. Yes, um, I hope there are brackets involved. <laughs> I think there will be. I don't know how, because it's two people. <laughs> two people. But <laughs> there will be. All right, oh all right. God. Here we go, here we go, here we all go. All right, next question. <laughs> Uh, ben Passmore stayed with Ezra Clayton Daniels for a portion of time in a sort of bottom feeders boot camp to get the idea of the story clearer. Uh, how long was this boot camp? I think we're going to use uh, Price is Right rules, closest mm. without going over wins. Mm. I, I, hmm. oh, this sucks because I did read this earlier. <laughs> did you really? really? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was looking up the office. I didn't know we could research <laughs> You just need to read the book. <laughs> I'm sorry that I wanted to know more. Well, I don't know if it's really helping you now, is it? No, it's not. It's not. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, well, you can go first, Jill. I think I'm going to say like six months. Wow. I'm going to say, so, it, so it's the closest without going over, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say one day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Julie. Um, the, <laughs> the answer is one week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought I read that they lived together for a while. Six so months. Oh the, moral, the moral of the story is don't ever do research. It doesn't yeah. help you learn. It doesn't help. <laughs> now that I'm hearing the question back like a boot camp, like why would that yeah. be six months? <laughs> There's a difference between a boot camp and a residency, Julie. You're right. Um, okay. Anyway, so now it's, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion here, but I'm still in it. You're still here, though. You haven't hung up. So, you know. Yeah. And I would like to say these points don't have to be when you choose who has the best opinion that's true you can look holistically also yeah. like at, at 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 like what we said in the synopsis and whatnot our our yeah. last <laughs> guest was was m my fiance's dad yeah. and he simply chose julie because he thought that we should both have won one okay last question this is a uh, a multiple choice question so, which two horror films inspire this book? A, Candyman and The Thing. B, The Thing and Get Out. C, Get Out and Child's Play. Or D, Child's Play and Candyman. Is there a way we can, like, close our eyes and, like, hold up our choice? Because otherwise we're going to yeah, have to... Yeah, I think that's what oh, we've Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Stuff. Yeah, write down um, your answer, and then on the count of three, hold the answer up to the camera. Okay. okay. Uh, I think this will work. I need to... So, so, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry to... Like, that's paper. I need a writing utensil. I just have soup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so... Hmm. Okay, I'll read again. All right, so A... Yeah, good. A is Candyman and the Thing. B is The Thing and Get Out. C is Get Out and Child's Play. And then D is Child's Play and Candyman. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready, Grace? I'm ready. What was right. the answer? Say the answer and then we'll reveal. Okay, that's a good idea. The answer is 
D, Child's Play and Candyman. Oh, oh man. No. I said I, A. I said oh A as well. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Um, you would know this because Chucky, Child's yeah, Play. Yeah, I mean, I... That I makes saw, more sense. I just... I, and I, I, but... <laughs> But it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. To me. I get the name. I, I Ezra Ezra Clayton Daniels and Ben Passmore. What else was from Chucky? What else was from Chucky? I have to. I'm really glad you asked this question because I asked the same thing. I read this in an interview with them, and they said that the two movies that inspired them right. was, was Child's Play and and Candyman. And I was like. I can understand, you know, the second one because I've already yeah. said his name too many times, and I'm, you know, superstitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but like, he, there's even like a poster up in Darla's yeah. room. You know, that's the one I was sure movie. about. I was like, the poster's in there. <laughs> okay. Chucky is the is just the name. I have to like, what does it mean? The only connection that I can see is that like in Child's Play, nobody believed uh, mm. the kid at all mm. that this this thing was alive mm. and no one really believed uh darla when all of her problems were happening but that sort of like gaslighting comes from the movie gaslight so like shouldn't <laughs> gaslight <laughs> be that yeah so, i don't know <laughs> but i don't know who knows anyway yeah. we both answered nice. <laughs> yeah i think we gotta get ezra anything, yeah i was gonna say and that's the next thing you should do is contact Ezra and be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, nothing else in the email. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Ezra's going to tweet out these people from this podcast. Fucking <laughs> message me. What am I thinking? What? That's so disrespectful. <laughs> Everybody liked the book. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. It was I great. thought it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, I like that it was. Uh, an unconventional trim size for the book. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Sometimes when that happens with a graphic novel, like from Fantagraphics or something like that, it'll be like cumbersome to yeah. read. But this one wasn't. This yeah. was a good size. Well, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. This is good. I also like uh, Ben Passmore's color and how yes. um, he just uses it unconventional colors because that's what he likes to do. You know, I think it, it works. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. like the, the, I don't know what to call it. Like the saturation of colors he uses are mm -hmm. like sort of an unsettling, uh, like highlighter kind of pitch that puts you in this sense of like unease. It's beautiful, but it's also like mm -hmm. these powerful, strong colors. Mm -hmm. Is there any part in this book that, that actually scared you guys? Yeah, I think that um, when those tentacles are shoved down Darla's throat, mm. I, I, that was tactile for me. <laughs> I, I, I hate having things shoved, well, <laughs> some things, I mean, not to be too, okay, but I meant there are some things I like being shoved down my throat and some things I don't. And yes. tentacles, I don't like don't. being shoved down my throat. Yeah. That's a big no for me. Yeah, I mean, similarly, I've, like, always had a fear of, like, something that's not supposed to be there being in my toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I saw a video when I was a kid of, like, they pull up the the lid of the toilet and there's a bunch of spiders in there or something and that yeah. has like mm. stuck with me forever and I even like I always feel like I need to yeah. check like just to make sure yeah 
Um, and so that first like pretty jarring image where they they lift up the toilet seat and there's like these intestines in there that was very visceral for me because that's like just a fear of mine. I think the scary part for me was when she's moving in and she sees Julio in his pilgrim costume on the staircase. In oh the my dark. gosh! Oh it, my god! Mm. I was like, what was that? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things that's that's so scary on another level because it's just so confused. Like you have no yeah. kind of understanding of what that could even be (laughs) yeah your brain doesn't like connect the dots to anything because there is nothing to connect is why is there a fucking pilgrim in my staircase you know (laughs) all three of these fears of ours come down to like something there that shouldn't be where it it is (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah which is is pretty much the whole story right absolutely yeah this was i think that if there was a tentacle or something coming out of the bath like the the bath the not the bath the toilet Toilet. i could handle that because i would just sit on top of it and have a monster just a monstrous (laughs) shit and just drown it out but what you wouldn't realize is that is feeding it further yes that's true that's true (laughs) listen a tentacle I couldn't deal with this particular <laughs> tentacle monster, but a <laughs> that's different true, one that's that true. did not eat shit Fair that would be more supernatural. <laughs> sir, I can handle it. <laughs> All right, Those so I guess we need to know who won. The, okay, the so results. in terms of points and understanding <laughs> the themes, I think Grace wins. But in terms of knowing exactly what happens in every section <laughs> of this book. I'm going to give it to Julie. Uh, I think overall that means that Grace would win, but I do want to give you an honorable mention for being incredibly knowledgeable about the things that we didn't need to know. <laughs> so. so the point for... <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but, this but is just my life clear. in a nutshell. The point for this episode goes, goes to me. Goes to Grace, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, this is good. This is good. I need this to confront this about myself. This is constructive criticism is what it is. I think next time... <laughs> Maybe try not reading the book. I know. (laughs) I need to free myself up. Yeah, read a Wikipedia summary for once, Julie. (laughs) I think we were certainly too detailed. I want to say the recap. Parts of this will have to go. Yeah, Yeah, parts of this will have to go. We're closing in on a solid three hours. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that the difference is because it was a graphic novel, versus mm-hmm. prose that the conversation had to be a slightly different you know yes yeah <laughs> well, well fan fix it off. In post. i'm sweating <laughs> Steve, i hope you had a good time yeah i did this is this is very fun and uh, before we let you go is there anything you would like to promo yes. oh yeah yeah um i think everyone should read my comic heart of the city it's uh you can read it for free either on gocomics.com or you can find your local newspaper because it's likely in there um also keep an ear out because i'm going to be doing a book on the history of tabletop role-playing games so it's going to be very interesting we're going to go all throughout time and space (laughs) yeah time and space really and we're going to talk about you know where it comes from and how it influences us today so Hopefully that comes out in the next five years, but we'll see. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of great information. I'm very proud of the book. 
but we're at a standstill at the moment because <laughs> well, publishing. <laughs> I'm very excited to read it once yeah. once it does come out. Yes, I hope um, the gears start moving on it again soon and we get to read it. Yeah, yeah. Steams, yeah. Steams always has like a billion cool things coming up. Uh, so just sure. follow Steams on Twitter at oh, oh, hey yeah. Steams, right? Yes, please do. O-H-E-Y Steens. I'm, the, I'm oh, hey Steens on like everything, so... Mm-hmm. Perfect. Easy peasy. Awesome. Synergy. Cool. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being on, Steen. Yeah. We really appreciate your time. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we really appreciate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so much time. Actually, though, like, in case you guys wanted to know, I was working the entire time. So yeah, I, I did so. all of uh, January 24th as a Sunday strip. So, wow. Thanks. <laughs> that is incredible multitasking. Incredible. To be fair, I was also working the entire time. I was thinking about should I have pizza for dinner? Should I have tacos for dinner? And that's like hard for me. So I it, really it was is. so like half of my special mental space is just focused on that. And then so Julie, I got I got the point with half just half of my mental capacity. <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys, as you can tell from how that all went, my brain was just like the guidebook of like MLA format. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that's what's happening in my mind. Julie, we need to let scenes go. Yeah, yes. we have, we I'm have going to go. Yes, all right. <laughs> have a good. Thank rest you of your so day. much, Steve. This will come out in late January. Yeah, great. Same yeah. time as the comic. Perfect. <laughs> hey. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.